Hello, it's me, George Veer. I'm so excited to see you and welcome back to the podcast. Uh, that's not disingenuous. Well, it is disingenuous, but I'm trying to sort of be more affable uh, than normal for this. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for listening to this podcast or for starting to listen to this podcast with Tanya Moore. Um, now, I'll let you in a little secret. Even though this is episode four, it's the first one I recorded. And I, I don't know how to put this lightly, fucked up right? So there's a problem with the footage. I can't control who it focuses on. So there's going to be quite a lot of it where it's just two shots of me laughing at something she's saying. So I'm sorry, I can't control that. But it is a funny episode. Um, So yeah, enjoy that. And apologies for that in advance. Um, But do watch it anyway, even though I've said that. Thank you. So I've got a a question I want to ask before we start. Um, I'm wearing this headband. What, what What do you think about that? Is that is that is that dumb? Or is that, does it look all right? Fashion, or is it to, are you using it for what it's made for, which is to capture sweat? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's not fashion. I don't, I don't think I could, I don't, I really don't think I could, uh, I could try and get across that it's fashionable. Um, I'm, I'm doing it because my hair's so long now that either I've got, so I've got to push it back, like, with something, or I've just got to yeah. cut it, right? And I, I really don't want to cut it myself. Um, uh, I've seen, I've seen pictures and stuff of people that have tried to do that. But also, just in case there's any confusion, my, it's not my hairline. That's fine. That's that's still there, you know. So that's it's not that because I can imagine people like you know thinking it's gone back a bit. So it hasn't gone back. It's there, and that's that. I love the confirmation of that. Like it's not me. <laughs> I feel like I've got to get that out now, you know. Yeah. Uh, before the next of the, all of these happen. Um. Yeah. So thanks for. God, I suppose you don't have the same problem actually with uh. No with lockdown hair yeah i've got the youtube out i've got my shavers and you just yeah. got to go level by level so it's like three two one zero. Oh, did you not do it yourself before no i went to oh. the barbers before oh, okay have you uh, is this new are you now gonna definitely do it yourself all the time or definitely going back to the barbers it's oh really not- <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay what is it that you don't like about doing it yourself um it's not i know it's not done properly but it's okay. enough to be embarrassed well, or yeah, yeah it's enough but it's like the shape of like you know that you get the little shape up bits they're all missing yeah. but yeah yeah fair enough fair enough yeah i i feel like my hair's fairly simple to do until i thought about it a bit and i realized they like when i have a proper haircut they like fade it and stuff and i'd have no idea how to do that no exactly. idea yeah yeah yeah. So, yeah luckily for me i can just level it off one level and then we're all right yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's a good idea. Um, I don't think I'd look good bald, though. Because I, I think my the top of my head's too big. And also, I've got, like, a thing on the back of my head. I don't know what it is. Like, I think it's part of the skull. It's like a bump. Do you have that? Yeah. This bit here. Yeah. I call it like a shelf. It's like a shelf. And it goes underneath. <laughs> People have, like, a massive shelf. They have, like, a whole bit that comes out. But I've just got a little shelf, luckily. So it doesn't go all the way around like that. It just... It's down. It's cool. Okay. All right. Well, see, I think I've got, I think I've got like a big, big top of my head, but also I've got like an actual, like this sized ball sort of thing oh. here at the back, like a bit of bone. I don't know what that oh. is, but I feel like it would be really obvious if I had a bald head. It'd be like, a, there would be like a, a tennis, like a sort of tennis ball sized thing sticking out the back of my head. Well, I bet it would just be fine. Well, I'm not going to do it. So, so we'll never know. Um, <laughs> So for people that might be listening to this who don't who haven't heard of you before, um, can you give us like a little potted history or let's do a little, like a little potted history, I suppose. So 
So let's go right back. So growing up, what was yep. your what was your ambitions? What was your thoughts? Where'd you grow up? Um, so I've always wanted to be an actor. I've been doing yep. dancing and acting. I was like three, three o'clock. Three was when I did my dancing. Then I started a drama school at like six, seven years old. Oh, where did, where did you, and then I, whoa, wait, hold on, hold on. Six or seven years old, you went to drama school? Yeah. yeah. No, so it, was, it wasn't like a, um, a proper registered drama school. It was like a, in, my, in my school and then in my community, we had people come into the community and do sessions with us and stuff. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I thought you meant like one of those like Italia Conti kids that starts doing yeah, it from when no, they're like... Yeah, no, no, no. I wasn't. I wasn't okay. that into it. Gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His parents um, send them I off, and they that. do like a week. They do like all week. They do drama, and then they do like one lesson of English or something. Well, it's no, they were regular. Like they were there. It was three days a week, every week, oh, in wow. and out. And I was always there. Yeah. So they came into the community and did that three times a week, every week. And that was drama. Dancing was Monday to Friday every week, and I was Jeez. there all the time on school. So I did that for a long time, and then started doing athletics. And then ripped my tendons and stopped doing athletics. And oh, then it just heavily went to drama. By the time mm. I got to second school, it was drama, 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 drama. Dropped the athletics completely. Then I left secondary school and then it was dancing and drama. Then it was real heavy dancing. Like a lot of dancing happening. Mm. Then I stopped the dancing and then comedy. Now we're here. <laughs> yeah, well, there we go. That really was a potted history. So what was the, what was the switch? Why, why the switch? Um, well, for dancing, we went to um, America. We did the World Hip Hop Championships. Mm -hmm. So, like, all of the people who do hip hop around the world can compete in countries. Then they go to America to compete. So, we competed against, I think it was 58 different countries, and we won. And then I was just like, okay, so did that bit. What's next? And then my friend suggested comedy because I didn't want to be a dancer. That wasn't my whole career. I was a child, I wanted to be an actor, and I still do want to be an actor. So my friend said, why don't you just try a comedy? There's a comedy course, give it a try, see what happens. Literally, this is what's happened. And here we are. Here we are. Here we are, and that was 2012, is that right? I started in 2012, yep, and now we're here, and I've done quite a few bits, actually, and one Funny Women, so that was fun. I, I saw that, Funny it's Women in 2017. That's quite, a, quite yeah. an impressive alumni as well on Funny Women. You're up there Definitely. with some, some big names. Nice. I mean, if I'm, I'm ruining it if I don't follow in their footsteps. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you are. Like, if they'll be like, yeah, it was really good, but there was this one, like, dead year where, like, yeah. sometime in 2017, where no one... <laughs> the year, um, there wasn't a competition after me, so I get to claim 17 and 18. So no, really, you don't. if I... <laughs> <don't>... <laughs> I don't know if you do. <laughs> Wait, so there's a year up for grabs. There's a lot of pressure. <laughs> there's a year up for grabs. I wonder if that should be like awarded to someone in post, like like now, like be like, oh, hold on, looking back at that year, I wonder if there's someone we could give yeah. it, like who who could be given it in that year, 2018. Well, why are you giving it away? I'm happy to have it. <laughs> All right, so you're the you were the you were the funniest woman over a course of two years. I'm just saying, no, but the reason why that happened is because she didn't do the competition early in, seven, in 2017 like she used to. So it started in November 2017, but the final was on March 18. So that it went round. Thing. Yeah. You're, you're claiming this is a technicality and you're claiming that this is... <laughs> <laughs> well, in this case, you have made the rules. <laughs> you've decided that you've got it for two years. I'm not convinced. <laughs> I mean, 
So then you went on from that and you did the year after the, well, I suppose the same year was the BBC Comedy Awards, right? The new Comedy Award. BBC Comedy Awards. Did, yeah. I did that a, a month filming a TV show. So I had to go, I was in Wales for 10 weeks filming a TV show. Amidst that, I had to go from Wales to Edinburgh, do the competition and then come back down. And it was unfortunate because um, I was piped to be in the finals, but I ran over. So as that as you run over, that's a disqualification. Yeah, and I, I, the I judges went to were last year. Yeah. Really nice. It was a nice feeling to know that the judges were like, this is insane. Just give her a slap on the wrist and put her in the final. Hmm. But the producer was like, well, the live and I can't risk her going over her time again. So he was like, she's going to have to be disqualified. Oh, so annoying, isn't it? So annoying. I got through the semis. I didn't want to make that journey from Wales to Edinburgh again. So I was kind of happy, but also <laughs> like, no. Yeah. It's a mistake I shouldn't have made. Uh, yeah, yeah i suppose i suppose it's easier in a way if if uh i mean because the time thing's hard because you've got in your head like that i could have you know got like further if it was just like a minute short or whatever so that must be really annoying yeah oh no yeah That's literally sad. and also, wanna... the time that they was so you know normally the time is like eye level or below you the time was right up there the, the red light oh. sorry so when the red light came i wasn't looking at look at the audience they done it up mm. i wasn't looking up there my oh, watch, you know, your press go off. Didn't the watch? I thought the watch was on. Wasn't on. It was like all things against me. Yeah. But I had a good gig. Maybe it works. Maybe it didn't. <laughs> mm. Oh, there we go. Um, yeah. So, so then, and then you've sort of so mainly from from what I've sort of seen because I've actually I've seen you live twice, uh, both times hosting stuff. I think. Okay. Um, I think at Angel, and then I can't remember where the other one is. It might have been like two North Down or something um something oh. like that um and uh both times you killed it like i remember i remember thinking as well when i saw you like that quite often when i'm watching hosts i'm sort of just like waiting for the act to come on now like you know because it, it just feels like a long set and then but but i i thought i thought you killed well, it both times thank you that's all right but you're only just now doing your first well, I suppose it probably not happening now, but like full length Edinburgh show. So, um, why? Well, I suppose why the wait is the question. I am of the ilk where I don't believe you should rush into these things. You've got one chance to make a first impression, and I think you should be at your absolute best when that happens. Because what, as we both know, what could happen if you do well in Edinburgh is massive, and what a waste it would be if you do well in Edinburgh but you can't actually follow up with what's coming your way. Yeah. So I knew that I for that so I wanted to wait and also in addition as well there was a lot of fear I didn't think I could do it I didn't think I was capable so when I did that I said let me start with competitions when I won Fun Women I was like let's try Edinburgh so last year I did Edinburgh half an hour just to see how I would feel and now I'm like really excited and then corona so there's that yeah. but I was excited for next year because I, I feel like I'm ready to deliver an hour and I want it to be like a really good strong hour yeah uh, so for as well for people that don't know um a lot of comics uh so basically the first so with the edinburgh comedy award uh, i can't remember what the name of it is now um you can you're only app uh you're only like uh what's the word you can, you're only viable for the comedy award for best newcomer if it's your first time doing a show over 40 minutes um so lots of comics exactly. do like split bills or they wait for a long time um 
so I assume that's where the uh, eyes are on the <laughs> eyes are on the prize there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, most people don't wait eight years, but I've waited. Yeah. <laughs> but it's such good advice. I wish I'd done that. So, for uh, people yeah. that don't know who I am who are listening to this, up until recently, I was part of a, a comedy duo. Um, so I've actually I've never actually done stand up, uh, but I've been doing comedy for like five mm. years. Um, so I'm at a really weird place right now where I'm sort of dipping the toe in and considering and sort of thinking of ideas. But it seems really scary. Yeah. Like the idea of going out there, because I've always done like characters and all sorts of, more, more sort of sketch. But like now the idea of stepping out there as me, I just feel like no one cares. Like what? I don't think yeah. my life's interesting enough. Do you find that? Isn't it? It's a heavy thing. I don't, because we're so used to getting on stage, I don't think people recognise that we could be scared about getting on stage again. But I don't think they're taking into account that doing a 10, 20 minute set is very different to talking about just me for one hour. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Did you find coming through acting, like the idea of being yourself on stage, a bit, a bit of a, a bit of a leap? Yes, and it, I think I would say, honestly, it took me about four years to figure out who I was going to be on stage mm. for, for, for stand-up, sorry. Mm-hmm. It took me a while to figure out what my was, what am I showing, like, do you know what I mean? And because yeah, yeah. I've been through the comedy course and I've talked this physical way and then I've gone through with, you know, different peers and like, do that particular, and it's just like, can I just be me? And then, then sit down and say, can I be me? What is that on the comedy scene? So then you've got to figure out what that is as well. So, it took me a while to figure out my voice, but now that I know what my voice is, I can just go with it. So in the first four years, did, what did you think you were, were you sort of like copying other people a bit or what was going on there? I wasn't, I think, I think it was more a case of, I wasn't preparing myself. I was just turning up and seeing what happens. I wasn't focusing on things like reading the news or making sure that my setup and punch, seeing how many levels of jokes there are in the story. I was just mm. turning up and seeing what happens. Mm. So just winging it essentially instead of sitting down and really going through the craft and figuring out my jokes and my stories and putting that into place and then figuring out my punchlines and the level of the punchline that it is i do all of that now but before yeah. i wasn't doing that so where where did that come from was that speaking to other comics or watching other comedy with the idea that you have to sort of structure stuff properly literally i have a, a really good relationship with dame baptiste so i on him quite a lot um, for things like that. So it was just a case of stopping and recognising that my material isn't advancing as much as it should be for where I am and recognising what that was and, and tackling that. And that's kind of what I did. Just sat mm-hmm. down and sat with it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's uh, as well, I, I might imagine like being in, because you, you now, you must know good comedy and bad comedy, maybe even more than a lot of other comics doing their first hour because you've, watched it from the back of a room for eight years exactly mm-hmm. and i feel very strong about delivering a show that i'm going to be confident and happy with i mean whatever happens in edinburgh we don't know that's a roulette right but i just want to be at the end of the run that i brought my breath my best show and mm-hmm. that's it that's all i can do mm-hmm. so that, that's kind of what i'm going for at this point just as long as i'm happy because it can get really horrible inside your head as you could probably imagine um, when you're talking to yourself about yourself, it's probably when you're the most vicious about anything on the planet, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it seems mental. So how much of yourself do you put into... Are you Well, are you going to put on... Have you put into this show? Because I imagine there's got to still be some... Well, I don't know. There's different opinions on this, but I feel like it's got to be a bit of disconnect, doesn't it? 
definitely. I think, so what I do when I'm writing, because I'm a storyteller, so what I do when I'm writing my jokes is I take the actual real story, take out the bits that maybe shouldn't be told, mm. and then add in the, the Hollywood and the jokes and start building from there. So mm-hmm. the story, at, at the core of it, is the real story, but obviously you add the, the, the entertainment, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sort of building on that. So I um I did my first yeah. ever my first ever solo stand up thing last year, right? And I yeah, so like I said, I've been doing comedy for five years. You know, a few awards under my belt, some good reviews, some pro- proper publications, and that. I fucking bombed, right? I fucking bombed, and I was just like, I don't know how to be on stage doing this. I don't know what to do. I realised afterwards, like what you were talking about, I hadn't written any jokes. Um, I I hadn't written any jokes. I was I was saying I was I, I I basically was saying a list of words that sounded funny, right? And and I realised afterwards I was going, oh that word sounds funny, doesn't it? And and, and the audience were just like, yeah, not really. <laughs> and it was oh, it was so miserable. And then I tried even to do a bit of audience participation, which is what I've lo- I love doing in comedy. And that bombed as well. And I'm just like, maybe I'm not a stand-up. Maybe I'm just not. You know, maybe I'm not. I don't know. Anyway, so I'd be too scared to go back for a bit no don't do that no 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 no, no. don't do that and yeah. listen the best of the best bombs find sometimes i mean look you had nish kumar bomb in front of those absolute horrible audience but it's one of those ones where it's like you just have to dust yourself off and do it again mm. i think even if you want to quit the thing to do is quit on a high gig right because that thing, you having that dread all over you it's quite heavy go to the gig smack it and be like okay i can do it but it's not for me that's mm. probably the best way to bow out of the game. Not with all this weight of feeling like you, you're bowing out because you can't do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um, yeah, no, I think I, I, I definitely will do it. Uh, yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, God knows when. Because I'm doing loads of other comedy stuff at the moment. Just it's, it's a stand-up that terrifies me for some reason. But I think that's that's fun. That means I probably should do it. Uh, yeah. It's scary, but yeah, definitely. That little tinge in your stomach means go and have a go. That's what mm. it means. Yeah. But every, I think the thing that, again, put me off wanting to go back is that every time I've ever read any, like, comedian talking about um, their first gig, they're always like, the first gig was brilliant, but the second one bombed. Because there was always something to make them go back oh, again. Yeah. But I had the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, yeah. my first gig bombed. So so hopefully the second one is enough to make me want to do it again. Um, yeah, but we, the first gig always goes well. I think mostly when you're having like uh, at the end of a comedy course, because that audience is set up to be supportive, yeah. and you forget that. So you go on, you're like, "Hi guys," they're like, "Ha, oh, you're funny." And you're like, "Oh my god, I'm really funny." Mm. And then you go to an actual real audience, and you're like, "No, babes, I don't yeah. care if you said hello." And you're like, "Oh, I'm not funny." That yeah. is, and then exactly... you have to work from there. Yeah, it's exactly the same as what happened when I was at, so I went to drama school, right? And at the end of it, we made these plays and took them up to the fringe. So the first sort of outside world stuff we'd done. And at the in drama school, we did these plays and everyone was laughing their head off from the beginning to end. Oh God, this is so funny. And then when we actually went out, it's like, oh, you get a proper audience response. Because anything that's in a bubble like that, it's yeah. not a true proper response, you know? Um, I've, I've never I've never done a comedy course, but I am interested in them. How uh, how did you find that? And uh, yeah, what did you learn, I suppose? 
I done a comedy course and I used to teach comedy courses mm-hmm. when I first did a comedy course what I learned was I noticed that I bypassed a lot of things that comics who don't do comedy courses do so like learning how to be on stage and the stage mic handling mic stand handling because some you can tell someone's new when they come on take the mic out and the mic stand just right there in front yeah. of them <laughs> distracting yeah. the audience or they don't take it out like that little yeah, like they don't move it or anything, they yeah. just leave it there. So they weird. Lean into or, it. Yeah. They don't take it out. Or they, yeah. or they don't move the microphone stand if they're tools and they're just like this and it ends up being this this weird thing. And so you're not listening to them, you're just looking at them wondering what doing. So awkward. Yeah. So yeah, so little things like that or um, a good way to set up jokes, things like the rule of three and you know, all those kind of ways of understanding the real craft of it. Do recommend them. I used to teach them. I recommend I recommend them over and over again as, a, as an intro to comedy. And then once you do that, you kind of find yourself after that point. Yeah. I do. I recommend them. Then it's like a what? You either get one day for four weeks, or you just bang it out in a week. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And I suppose I suppose the the equivalent of or or, or another 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 way in if you like can't afford or. Like I'm not sure about it. I suppose is open mic, but I, I, I'm 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 not sure about open mic. What do you think? Because what I found is often I the audience is very. Uh... Sorry, I wouldn't say open mic for learning. I'd say open mm. mic for testing. Mm-hmm. But if you want to learn the job, I'd say go to some comedy clubs, have a look at the way comics talk, have a look at their delivery, have a look at their pacing, have a look at all of that stuff. Mm. And if you can go online and find. Because you know YouTube's fantastic. I'm sure there's somebody out there doing something for free on YouTube, yeah. giving you at least the smaller basics. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then from there, they go on the open mic scene and then test yourself out on stage and see how you feel. Always referring to going back to the um, going back to your set, going back to the pros, going back to your set. I've stopped it. I've stopped. You, I think you know what's coming up. Um, I'm going to remind you about Stop Hate UK, which is uh, one of the country's leading anti-discrimination organisations. Uh, they have a 24-hour helpline if you feel like you've been discriminated against in any way. Um, so phone them up if you want, and also chuck them a few quid uh, if you are wealthy. If you are one of the one percent. In fact, if you're one of the one percent and you're watching this, don't chuck them a few quid. Chuck me a few quid, right? Uh, no, I'm kidding. Do do give money to them, but also give money to me if you want somehow by maybe employing me to do comedy. Mm, that's an idea, that's a nice little idea. Um, that's not a joke, do that. Um, and enjoy the rest of the episode with Tanya. I think that sometimes the problem you can find with watching other comics is that you can, there is a, uh, you can easily slip into their speech patterns and stuff when you're thinking up jokes, especially if it's someone you really like. Right, so I'm quite a big fan of Dave Chappelle, right? And I realised that when I was writing jokes, I was sort of writing them in a sort of Dave Chappelle, you know, African-American speech. And I'm like, I can't, well, the f- I can't fucking read. This doesn't make, this isn't me. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of jokes for him. Like, that doesn't work. It's not going to work, is it? You know? So it's, uh, so I think you've got to be, also got to be self-aware of like, I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm very big on not watching too much comedy. I think mm-hmm. that's the danger that you fall into if you watch too much comedy, is you end up speaking like the, the specials that you've watched. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I mean, really gauge it, but I think I'm very good at, if I know I've got something coming up, like when I was working towards Edinburgh, I wasn't really watching specials because I didn't want my special to be somebody else's special. It has to just mm-hmm. be my special. 
Yeah. So I was very mindful not to watch too much comedy in that moment. If I'm look, if I'm if I'm just writing for a set, like a club set, I will watch some other comedy. I want to get ideas on how to expand my story. Hmm. You know, you take one mm-hmm. thing and you learn like, oh, oh, that's how she did it. Okay, so there must be another way around for me to do it, and then you can try and find ways around your your writing block. Yeah. But when I'm writing. Like, that's meaningful to me that has to be there, like an Edinburgh show or, you know, something like as big as that. I wouldn't, I would, I would just watch in specials. Yeah. I, I, I think that makes, that makes complete sense. Although I must say I was watching, I watched some clips of you earlier, right? And I watched a, a, a set of yours from like 2013. So this must've been pretty early yes. on. Right. And you had a bit about uh, going to like a white, white family's house and having their food and thinking it wasn't going to be and like you couldn't smell it was really funny i don't want to ruin your joke but like i thought it was really funny even if you were a year into it like um you couldn't smell anything so you thought it probably wasn't very good very similar to a dave Chappelle bit from 2017 about stovetop stuffing and i was like hmm now that was now that was four years before so something's happened here something's happened here very similar i thought it was People would tell me that I'm copy Dave. That's crazy, isn't it? There we go. So there we go. That's almost fact that he's stolen your ideas. Yeah. It must be true. I mean, I've been the fact that he's done a few ideas, but I don't want to believe them because I love Dave. So yeah. yeah, yeah, me too. Did you see his? Have you seen his most recent one? His uh, YouTube one he put out. I'm not doing any writing for the next week, so I've, I've got like Thursday scheduled off to watch that. Oh yeah, you've got a scheduling watching. <laughs> Mad, okay. Yeah, that is busy. I don't watch them two or three times because that's how you can really know what's happening. You know, when you watch something once, you don't really get it, do you? You have got yeah. to watch it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And really understand what it is. So yeah, I watch it like two or three times. Mm. Well, anyway, I recommend it to anyone. He's just put basically Dave Chappelle's just put a new. It's not even a comedy special. It's a, a talk out basically on YouTube and it's completely free for anyone. It's not a Netflix thing. So uh, yeah. it's called 846. So um, watch that. Uh, so I want to talk about a bit, bit about your new show because obviously you would have been doing that in two months, right? And I saw that you did Leicester and Vaults. Uh, I did the same yeah. thing with our new show, which has now been cancelled. Um, how did you find those previews? I love the vault. I can't, yeah. I just love, I had such good time in there. Mm. And it was good because we sold out so we added an extra day. So oh, that man, was yeah. nice. Um, right? And I was just like, oh, this is crazy. People are wanting to come see me. This is insane. That was a nice feeling. Mm. Um, but it, it was, it, the first day I was very nervous just to be able to, just me there. I had about 50 minutes of, of written material and we got to um, an hour, which was shocking because I mm-hmm. talk a lot. <laughs> but um, after that, I felt really empowered to keep going. And so it, then, then what happened was it ended up being that previews are my favourite thing to do instead of doing, I don't want to do 20 minutes now, I want to do a whole yeah. hour. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so now I just really enjoy it. So by the time it got to the end of, the preview sessions, I was just living for previews. Whenever my agent would call me and be like, Tan, you got a show to do. And I'm like, oh, 20 minutes. This is so last year. Like, that was my whole energy. <laughs> so, <laughs> are you... I love, I love and the time to just be free hmm. and just let it go. It's just, hmm. it's beautiful. Love yeah. it. 
And I suppose as well, you like, again, like do it. So, so if you were to do it in 20 minutes, would you do like alternate bits of it and try and work it out in bits? Would that have been, was that sort of the plan before you did like an hour long, like to test? My set material is different to my one hour. but maybe one or two jokes that are still in my set material. I don't do my one hour because, because of it is such a personal story. It needs a lot of setup. There's not enough time for it. And in the club, an hour long of my just explaining kind of what I did today explaining my life and explaining who I am I am the show is called bully and it's about how I was a bully when I was a child and me overcoming that and figuring that out hmm. oh that's fascinating I actually I do so remember you, you talking a little bit about that I've heard you talking about that idea before um that's a really interesting idea yeah. that's a really yeah. interesting and idea. you can't so, hit that in a club set well, why, why do you think you can't what, discuss those ideas? Too heavy? Yeah, I thought that um, the reason why I say it's too heavy is because it, it, in order for me to really get to that, I have to give a background. Mm. Otherwise, I, it's just me coming on stage and being like, I used to be a bully, guys, and that's so funny. And no one's going to yeah, find that funny. Yeah, they think you're a they, prick, they yeah. yeah, they have to understand why I was a game from and how, do you know what I mean? So that's what mm. I do in my show. I've got an hour to really address that. So when I'm on stage, I do two child of jokes, but if this, the jokes would be more pertaining to why my name's spelled the way it's spelled, mm-hmm. who I am, do you know what I mean? Where I'm mm. from, mm. do you know what I mean? Things like that. So I was to a club set more so than I'm a bully. Hey guys, how you doing? Let's do jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Do you think? Do you think you uh, will get into a stage? Was it still too early by the time lockdown started, or will you get into a stage where you were happy with the structure of the show? Yeah, I was. The structure of the show was coming along nicely. I was. I was so basically by the end of April, I was going to be off script mm. and working and, and doing preview. And now here we are. Now I have to start all over again. Um, changed my director, um, which is sad because at first I had um, Ola, the comedian, but oh, yeah. um, work and family means that he can no longer do it because my show need, requires like, quite a lot of attention and unfortunately the schedules weren't matching up. So he's still there in the background. I can still call him. He can still help me. Yeah, still but, put him on the poster. Uh, yeah, so now I'm more... Uh, I'm, 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 I'm talking to a couple of people, but... Personally, I would love Charlie Dinkin to be my director. Mm-hmm. So I, I, haven't, I haven't come across him actually. Is he a yeah, comedian? Actually, I'm George. She's a girl. She writes. Oh, really? She oh, okay. writes, um, <laughs> she writes a lot for uh, BBC, so she does like Newsjack and all those kind of oh, things, right, yeah. panel shows. Brilliant writer. So I think between the two of us, we should be able to make a really nice show. Mm. Actually, that's an interesting because I've always anything I've ever done, uh, I've directed myself or like co-directed with someone. Um, how much? So I suppose you've got to really trust somebody to put because 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 with stand up, it's literally just you standing there, and if someone's directing it, I suppose you've got to you've got to have a connection with them that they and trust their because they're directing your words. Yeah, how does that work? Yeah. Yeah, so it's my story. So the reason, the way I work is I have to sit down with you and have a chat with you and, and hear your thoughts about it. It's all about how you approach the scenario. You can't approach my story with your ideas. You can approach my story with ideas of how I can say it or mm. ideas of 
how to present it, but you can't approach my story with your ideas. Does that make sense? So yeah, yeah, some cool. people might will address and say, I think you should do it this way because this way we, the audience will really enjoy it. And that sounds good, but if it's not the story, then we got to figure out another solution. Hmm. And so people like, so what I liked about Ola is he was taking my story, keeping it my story, but making it, you know, digestible for an audience in Edinburgh. Mm. Yeah. So it was still my, still my, still my output, but he was just tweaking things, moving them around, so it made it digestible for an Edinburgh audience. Mm. And I like working like that. I had people come to me and say, maybe take that different story out and make it this story instead. And it's like, well, that's not, that's not my life. And I wouldn't yeah. have done that. So I don't think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. What, what, just have interest, what do you mean by digestible? Like, I know what you mean by digestible to an audience, but how does that work with, what, what, what exactly were the sort of things that were getting changed? Well, not, not so much change. It's about how I tell the story or does this need explanation? So, for example, oh, during okay, one yeah. of my previews, yeah, so during one of my previews, I said, you know, um, you know, and we all know police are racist. And there were some white people there who were like, mm, why would you say that? So I have right. to then go back and explain why I say they're racist. You, you, you don't need to like do that, that anymore. In... I know, well... <laughs> Well, it's Edinburgh, babe. BBC Four audience. I still might need to. Yeah, maybe. That's a good point. So yeah. So yeah, little things like that, like things that are normal to me, might not be normal to an Edinburgh audience. So mm -hmm. taking those bits and making sure it's looking funny, keep light, not too heavy, yeah. because you know some of the subjects are heavy. In race issues, they are doused in class issues. So mm. it's about not making people feel guilty for their position, but at the same time, still hammering home the point. Mm -hmm. Actually, that leads on to what, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about. Um, so, what do you think? How how do you think you're going to be able to deal with some of the issues, like for example, race that you might bring up now after what's happening at the moment? Do you think that's changed at all, or do you think you can mm. talk about ideas in exactly the same way? I definitely think it's changed. I think people are um, opening their eyes to the systematic racism issues, problems that black people have been dealing with for centuries. Um, I think I'll probably feel less uncomfortable in an environment now. It's, it's just that whole idea that if a black person complains about racism or something that's un unjustly happening, Somebody who's not black would say, well, you just got a chip on your shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because... I've heard that, I've heard that. Yeah. So that's the, that's the, the chocolate chip show is amazing. It, it really does break down all of these issues that we're going through now. Um, and so I, that's what I love about it. But it's little things like that, the microaggressions. Do you know what I mean? It's people, I don't think a lot of people even realise that they're, micro, they're being microaggressive. Do you know? Mm. I don't think they even register mm. it. It's so ingrained that this is normal behaviour. Mm. And so that's, I think, at this point now, it, sh it should be a lot less uncomfortable. I should be able to be understood a bit more about mm. why I'm feeling a certain way about certain things. And yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Mm. Well, here, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I feel like comedy has always been the place to discuss things, important issues and stuff. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah. like, but then if you think back to like recent history. And like, because obviously, like, I, I assume you've seen all these shows are getting taken off, you know, taken off Netflix and people are starting to, like, look into the stuff we used to watch not even that long ago. I mean, like, it, I mean, 
because I was a kid and when stuff like Little Britain came out. Um, how yeah. do you think? How do you think stuff? I mean, specifically, I'm asking. How do you think stuff like? What am I asking? I suppose I'm asking. What do you think the future is with racing comedy? So, like, do you think the same sort of things that people found funny ten years ago will be able to exist now? Is my question? No, because comedy moved on heavily from then, but we can do upgraded versions. You know. What do you mean by that? So it's a similar thing. Like, as in, like, so a lot of people are crying for the real McCoy to come back. Once the real McCoy was amazing and poignant for its time, we need an upgraded version now. We need the new comics to come through and have our new voices spoken about. Mm. We need all of that to happen. Do you know, what I mean? so we can still do the real McCoy, just today's version, because mm. that 1980s version, all the other stuff that we're still trying to fight as well of of um of uh, sexism, all kinds of isms. So mm. it's still because it's great. Time. So of this time, we need one, but just of this time. Can I? Can I let? Can I uh, reveal? I, I don't know what the real McCoy is. I'm. I'm. Oh, I, I, what, see? I might be and too that, young. No, not even that. Do you know what it is? It's. It's just lean. It leans to the. Um, the real McCoy was on BBC Two, but anything that was done by black people, the the, the BBC have destroyed. So you know, normally they oh. would bring it back and we watch it again and again. They've just destroyed everything that black people have done. Will McCoy, Desmond, all that stuff. And whatever they've found, they've put on their iPlayer and we have to pay to watch it. Imagine oh. that. If oh, really? Are... Yeah, literally. But the BBC are not racist. They're not racist. No, 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 no. That's us. <laughs> the no, no, they're, 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 they're not racist. Not. They're, they're not racist because they've put... <laughs> They can't be racist because they put Dame Baptiste's show back on the iPlayer. Yeah. Which was the first yeah, uh, black that. sitcom or something on the BBC in 20 years, 10 years or something. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it's back yeah. on now. So so I think they're probably not racist. Um, I, I still don't know what the real McCoy is. You didn't really sort of explain it to me what it was. Sorry, it's a sketch show. It's a sketch show. Sorry, oh, okay. sketch show. It was like loads of... Um, comedians doing loads of different sketches all, all put together kind of like a free non-blondes but like black people i mean not free non-blondes and oh what were the free comics who did the sketches what was that called again the free ladies free stooges <laughs> no there was free ladies who did sketches oh we had uh, free non-blondes black the ponies like yeah. similar stuff like that yeah see i've heard yeah, of yeah. the pony yeah Hmm. Yeah, and we uh, have you heard of free non blondes? It rings a bell. It rings a bell. Yeah, it's literally smack the pony, but black people. Oh, okay. Imagine <laughs> came out around the same time. Forward thinking. <laughs> yeah. So, but, do you think? Uh, yeah. So, what do you think about these? So, it's like some of these programs. Do, do should we should we take should we erase? these programs for example little britain uh i mean there's 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 quite a lot apparently that have been that are being reviewed for removal uh they're only being reviewed because they, they feel time they knew it was bad when it was being aired they knew it was bad after the fact they just knew they just, they're only doing it now and this is what i don't like about a lot of people people are responding now because they they feel but you knew before you actively ignored it before yeah just as now we're going 
and it's quite this new generation they're not playing any games mm. and being forced to recognize being forced to accept it so there's some people who i'm just like mm, god like you, you're still approaching it with your guilt it's still very much oh my god i feel so bad it's not about you yeah, like yeah. them actors who did the video I'm giving up my It's not about you guys. I, 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 I thought if anyone hasn't seen this video, I mean, I thought the first one was cringy, right? The imagined one. Yeah. This one was fucking unreal. It was so it's cringy. About you guys. Yeah. So until you know, so it's about I don't I don't like working with people who it is about them. People who are pretending that they know that they're like I'm learning and I'm reading and I love Bane acts. Babe, if you were learning and reading, you wouldn't say Bane. Just, just stop it mm-hmm. just just stop it now yeah that's the kind of like stuff we navigate through so yeah we'll yeah, get I there think... but it's just not today um so i wanted to ask you about um i wanted to ask you about jamie johnson right i found this really interesting right yeah so you've been a series regular on a cbbc show right for the past what a yeah. year yeah. Is that right? How did that come about? And that sounds like so much fun. And I know you said you wanted to be an actor, so that must must be so much fun. And I watched a little bit of it. It looked fun. And yeah, how's that basically? It was it was a very exciting time, challenging time. We spent one week in Sweden and then ten weeks in Wales. So that's where I was doing I went to go and do the BBC competition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um it's uh Working with kids was was different. Oh, no, I mean, yeah. I've worked with kids before. I teach them, but in this capacity, it was different. And then um, dealing with the production company was different. I definitely made some lifelong friends, and I will never forget it. But I think the next time I'm on set, no kids, please. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. I feel, I feel like that's what? isn't that like a cliche, isn't it? Is don't work with animals or children. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm scared of animals, but I'd rather work with animals at this point than You're work with scared children. scared of animals? Because... Yeah, I've scared... Dogs have bitten me, cats have scratched me, it's all going on, what? so... Why have... Cats are... I mean, the cats I get, cats do that, but dogs have bitten you? What the hell? Yeah, really? and that's my... I was told the dog bit me because I just... I see a dog and I run, and then the dog chases me, and then it gets into, like, we just get into a fight. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend growing up that was so scared of dogs. Like, if he even saw one, he'd have yeah. to, like, cross the road and, like, hide behind something. Like, really, really scared. Are you the same? Are you, like, scared, actually scared That's of That's me. Yeah. Like, like par- I, I'm, I, I will freeze or I will run. These are my two options. Mm. Mm. But, like, Interesting. I have friends who have animals. What happens is I come to your house. It's going to take about two weeks. I've got to come there and then get used to the animal. And then I'll be okay. But it'll just be yeah. your pet. It won't be like everyone's. It'll just be your one pet. And then that's it. Yeah. So it's, it's cats and dogs. It's not like you're not scared of like other things like hamsters and that. It's just. I love monkeys, love snakes. Like I'm, I'm, it's just cats and dogs, really, that scare me so much. Spiders, but that's everyone, right? <laughs> yeah, I think snakes, I think snakes scare me more than cats and dogs. But then I've never been bitten by a dog. Really? Yeah. Well, because yeah. I know what a snake like. I've seen a video where a snake eats a whole pig, right? So I, I know what snakes can do. I watched, I watched a snake eat a rabbit live. It's amazing, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Is, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. 
because they dislocate their uh, whole jaw, don't they? And then they just move over it. <laughs> and then you see it going through the body, and you see the scales coming off. Ah, oh, horrible! Yeah. When I saw the one eating the pig, it like opened its mouth like the size of a pig went down it and you saw yeah. that the pig go down the body and then slowly get smaller as it was being like <laughs> i suppose like oh, um... <laughs> it's so horrible isn't it <laughs> it's been fun it's been i've had a really nice career you know i did the jamie johnson i did the Maltese advert then the tango advert so that was fun oh, and I... i'm just waiting oh, for like yeah. my <laughs> I remember you from the Tango advert, I think. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I didn't even know you'd done that. I, I just remember I remember seeing you in it. Wasn't there quite... Oh, wasn't there a few? Then, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. There's one on TV and there's one for the cinema and I think they're extending them now. So, yeah. yeah. There's that. Brilliant. And and you do a, you do a podcast, right? Um, well, we started it, but mm -hmm. I don't think podcasting's for me. I think I'm the guest on a podcast. Oh yeah, what, is we it, haven't is it done the... it since the lock. I just, I just not really. There's, there's one that I really want to do inside my heart, but it's, I'm not finding out how to get it from my brain out. So, like, to write mm. a, a treatment for it. So, I think it's best to just leave it because when you just throw yourself into it, it ends up just being rubbish. And then, yeah. I don't yeah, want to yeah. just get lost in podcast. Yeah. I, yeah. I know what you mean i know what you mean it took us i reckon it took us with the with, with the last season it took us something like 20 or something even to work the equipment out properly you know so it's like it's yeah. it, it's so technical isn't it it's, it's it's i mean i suppose it's unlike stand-up in the way that it's it's so technical um and it can yeah. look like shit and also so there's I'm, a lot of them you guys are doing great at it i'm living it alone and i'll just be guests <laughs> well that thank you um I actually wanted to ask you one more thing. You were asked something in an interview, right? And I thought it was interesting. So you were asked yeah. if you think there's a quality between men and women in comedy. And you said, not in yeah. the slightest. I think it's flaunted by men even more now than it was before. It's disgusting, actually. Which I was interested about, but I wasn't sure if I yeah. should ask you or not. No, yeah, go for it. But so, you, don't, don't, you don't agree? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, the thing is, I, I you're, I'm sure you're right, but I haven't spent enough time sort of behind the scenes of comedy. I mean, I mean, what I know for sure is that there is there is sexist jokes in in comedy clubs, probably every night of the week. Yeah, around the country, well, not now, but like yeah. before the lockdown around the country. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, yeah. So, so I, I'm inclined to agree, but I want to know like a bit more about what you think about it. Look at it like this. You've got you go to the Glee Club in uh wait, wait, wait think about think about think about Birmingham. Yeah. Birmingham. You go to Glee Club in Birmingham and in the chain in the in the green room is a picture, very old school picture, of a woman on stage, the audience are bored as hell, and it's mm -hmm. a it's a, basically a joke that women are rubbish, why are they here? That's in Seriously. Glee Club right now in Birmingham. Yes. It's like loads of money. It's like lots of little things, lots of little things. So it's just like, it is a thing. Little things like, oh, we've got to have a woman on the lineup. You just have the one. Why? Why yeah. is it an issue? And then why yeah. do you have to mention a woman? I'm just a comic. I'm just trying to make everyone laugh like everybody else. Yeah. Why do we always separate it? You know what I mean? So for me, until you start calling me a comedian and just leaving it at that, there's not, 
Do it comedian. I hate that word. Yeah. Um, female comic. The comic. Yeah. Just like the men. I'm just gonna come here and tell. That's it. So until yeah, but... it's just we're normalized, I'm normalized. I just don't think it's equal. Yeah, because it's a distinction that doesn't need to be made. Because it's like I suppose unless there's a specific reason, like I don't know, it's a uh, like like the um what's the thing uh when you won funny uh I forgot the name of the thing. Uh, when you won Funny Women Award, right? Unless it's a distinction that needs yeah. to be made, what's the point? You know, I, I completely agree. Exactly. Now, I don't, I don't agree with all female lineups. I don't think we're we're, we're doing anything by doing that. And in, 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 in the audience, it's just more women. So we're not actually winning by doing that. We just need promoters to make lineups fair. The same amount of men, same amount of women. It's possible. We're all funny. Get it done. Until it's done, it's not equal. Mm. Do you think it's moving in that direction? Or do you think there's still like a long way to go? Long way to go. Because hmm. that is long mad. Because if I'm go. being completely honest, from the outside, I, f I feel like when I go to see stuff that there's there seems like there's women there and stuff. But then, I mean, you know, I suppose yeah. I don't think about it as much. Yeah, and that's the thing. people, And that's what, and that, it ends across the whole thing. If it doesn't happen to you, you don't think about it. Yeah. And so when it does come up, you're just like, what are you talking about? Do you know what mm. I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah when yeah. we get to a place where people are thinking that is a thing, then, then I'll think about it being equal. But right now, we're not there. Okay, well, an interesting place to end. But there we are. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Is there anything you'd like to tell us about? I suppose your show will be coming up at some point. Won't it? Like when the fucking lockdown's over. Yeah, my show will be coming up. We've got um, Brighton Fringe coming up in October, possibly. So look out for that. I'm also a personal trainer. I do online classes. So look out for that as well. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Come join us. Um, uh, I think that's about it, really. A lot of my stuff I'm writing towards hopefully will be coming out next year. I'm an actor. So if you're a casting director, call me. <laughs> All right, great. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Thank you, Egg. We got, we got through it. We got through it. It's a, a little bit, I think, I'll, I'll be honest, a little bit difficult to watch because of my fault, because of the camera thing. But I think it's still, uh, I think you get the point comes across as. Thanks very much for that. Um, do go and see her show when it happens um, and do support her. Uh, Follow her on Twitter and all that, all the details below. And I will see you tomorrow for the last episode of the week with Marlon Davis. Um, see you tomorrow. Hello, I'm Rose and I'm the Chief Executive of the charity Stop Hate UK. We're so pleased that Comedians After Hours have chosen to support our work during the making of their second series. The work of Stop Hate UK is so vital and even more important after the tragic killing of George Floyd. So if you're inspired by this podcast, please visit our website at stophateuk.org and click on the heart-shaped button and donate to us to enable us to continue our work. Thank you so much. <laughs>